it looks pretty good. I'm going to try to speak more into the mic. Speak and, uh, into that. Yeah, don't be afraid. You're really, right. you kind of Darby crash it a lot, I notice. Where is, you're is, just is, like, is he one of those? Yeah, they talk about that in Decline of Western Civilization where they're like, we tried everything to get him to sing into the <laughs> mic, and then they show sh- shots of him super drunk just being like, for, for viewers at home, Paul is not singing into the microphone. Yeah. yeah. Or, or singing. Yeah. So, shots fired at Darby Crash. I hate the fucking germs, man. I can't, like... I, I know which record it was. It was the one with the, the blue circle on the front. GI. Okay. I no, couldn't yeah. couldn't get behind that. It's just 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 fucking. I mean, I, I like a couple of germ songs, but it's not great. Um, you watch like Decline, and they seemed like it was a train wreck shit show every right. time they played. It's like re- these were the guys that everyone's like, we really need to like be more like the germs. <laughs> it's like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you want to be more like? You know you guys are in the same town as Fear and shit, right? Like, yeah. you just be like Fear. And to a lesser extent, X. Or fine. Black Flag or The Circle or this many better punk bands in yeah. LA. Also, uh, this is keeping it 5150. Yeah, episode six. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in on your radio dials. Yes. Uh, we still haven't released anything. We're going to release stuff. That's kind of my plan this week is to actually get onto yeah. the onto some mechanism. Probably push out maybe three so that people can... Start hard and like listen to a bunch of them in a row. Yeah, so I, I'm addicted now. I want in. I need to hear two assholes <laughs> fucking mumbling in the microphones about bullshit. I know, and the, the, now that we actually fixed a bunch of like technical stuff, it's sounding a lot better. You, you won't believe this, but this right here, right now, sounds a lot better than uh, uh, than it used to. If you haven't heard the uh, no, they they will believe it because if you fire <laughs> off three of them, they might hear it be like that one sounds okay. This one sounds worse. This one actually sounds even worse than the other one. Oh yeah. wait, now they sound good again. I was <laughs> like, getting. Worse at doing this. <laughs> we have to lull ourselves in the f- a false sense of confidence by yeah. being okay at first and then get <laughs> worse at it. Yeah, that went well. No, it didn't. <laughs> oh, I think that might have gone worse. It certainly it did. Definitely did yes. <laughs> it definitely did. So we're like monkey shines and experiment in terror, except <laughs> we're a podcast and we're not frightening. No, I, I don't understand these references. <laughs> don't worry, the show notes will show you. The, the number one monkey-based horror movie, <laughs> Monkey Shines, <laughs> Experiment in Fear. It's about a helper monkey that kills oh, people. Oh, okay. That, that kills, kills people. That kills people. Fantastic. <laughs> I believe it's a George Romero movie, I think. Okay. He's kind of uh, all over the map, isn't he, in terms of quality? Yeah, you made Night of the Living Dead, classic. You made Dawn of the Dead, one of the best horror films ever. Made Day of the Dead. I like it. That's not for everyone. Okay. Then he made a bunch of shitty movies. Oh, and he made Creepshow. I like Creepshow. I don't think I've seen Creepshow. Oh, you should watch that for uh, the eventual Stephen King podcast. We're gonna yeah, do. yeah. I've, I've a All lot of... written by Stephen King. Stephen King acts. Oh, wow. It. He's a good actor. Is he really a good actor? Or he's he... good for that part. Okay, like, yeah. in that part, it's he's killing it. Does he play a, a writer? Because all of his books are about a writer that's <laughs> on the way to do some writing, then spooky shit happens. And I, I speak of some. You've read fucking every word he's ever written. But I, I've like uh, not everyone. No, there's some <laughs> no, books of like. That's a full time job. What's this one about? No hard pass. <laughs> like, this isn't the Stephen King podcast. We're going to save all this shit. God, we're, we're terrible at like. What's the theme of this one? Eh, kind of podcast that we might do in the future. <laughs> the theme of every podcast is yeah. hey, let's just fucking come up with some <laughs> ideas for other podcasts that aren't the one we're actually talking about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, eventually the spot will be taken up with all the many user questions, yeah. us reading the reviews and insulting probably the people who left reviews. Absolutely. Leave uh, reviews s- on iTunes, email us at girlicanmakeyoufeelokay at gmail.com. If you state where you're from, Stephen will do an insulting <laughs> accent version of I, uh, I will do a New Zealand accent. It's <laughs> <laughs> <This> perfect. <laughs> Is you you really you are like Rich Little. You are the Rich Little of the two guys of this room. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to do too many torn from the headlines type things anymore because we realized that we talked about the Grammys and the Oscars. Yeah, and they were and they were deep in the past now, and now is not even when you're listening to it. Because <laughs> yeah. fucking robots will have taken over and be living on moon bases and shit. Yeah, when you're in the bunker listening to this, <laughs> waiting for the fallout to dissipate, you're gonna be like. Who gives a fuck about the Oscars? Like, why all this get, Oscars? Get to are... the stuff about Megadeth. God <laughs> goodness me. We decided to cool it on current events until we get on a regular schedule for releasing podcasts. Because, again, it's ridiculous, right? Like, yeah. Like, we just said. But uh, a conversation that we had before we started recording, uh, I, I thought was kind of interesting that I, I'm someone who is constantly going to uh, news websites 
to follow politics all the time. Like literally, like during the course of the day, I'll be like Washington Post. Democracy NBC dies News. in darkness. It does. It's like <laughs> <laughs> fucking scariest yeah. sub headline I've ever it's seen like, in my life. Holy shit, guys! Is that a strike anywhere album? No, it's the Washington Post. <laughs> and you took a subscriptions out to these things as well. You're supporting journalism and I have being a subscription a to Washington yeah. Post. I just kind of go to the Atlantic. I should get a subscription to the Daily New York Times. Yeah. I do not have one currently, but I will. I will get on that. You. It doesn't seem like you're you're following that same media trend of no, saturating yourself I'm, with news. Well, after the election, uh, a lot of people kind of went through this, and it's it feels like a kind of uh, wussy liberal snowflake um, overreaction. But it felt like a death. Like people went through the five stages of fucking grief, um, and I'm still at anger, I'm, and I'm still fucking. <laughs> I get furious when, when the fucking guy appears or when one of his minions appears on television and just blatantly lies and uses terms like alternative facts. And it's like, this is worse than 1984. I just get so upset that I can't, I can't process the news. Like, um, it's even worse for my wife. She, she, will not deal with, she will not deal with stuff that satirizes the news. She can't listen to that, what's that terrible NPR show with the jokes. It's like, wait, wait, don't tell me. And she used to love that, and it's not great, but it used to be just eh, tumpty dum kind of comforting, yeah. kind of middle class nonsense. It's like, but it's dreadful. Like now, it's like you can't make jokes. Well, you can because you can make jokes about this stuff, but they're it's not. Actually very, they're not they make funny. It, they they're make just it easy. They're just grim and miserable, and yeah. like this is what's happening. So I, so I'm. I've turned off that. My my only. Um, I read the the stranger local news, not slash nonsense slash like <laughs> social nonsense rag. And uh, I watch the John Oliver report every uh, every week, and it's like yeah. he's still very good, but it is more like a grim duty of like, okay, tell me what's happened, and, and try to like take some of the pain away as you do it. Like he's my news source. I appreciate I'm not like a, a uh, actively involved uh, citizen right now, but I feel informed enough to vote, which is the minimum <laughs> that's required. Yeah, I need to get in. I need to wallow in it. I need to fucking yeah. be on it, and I need to know and. Certainly it is, like, this straight anger feel. Like, I don't read it, and I'm like, I feel better about anything that's happening. It's always, I feel much worse all the time, like, right? So yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> can't do it? All right, well, I don't know, you got out there, if people are listening to this, uh, get at us at uh, girlikenmakeyoufeelokay.com. Tell us about <laughs> how you feel about keeping up to date on current events and uh, your reading habits. Yeah. And then... Uh, We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm sure it's we're we're not a political podcast. I'm sure it'll come up more often. Um, we can't be if I'm being this willfully misinformed. About, well, no, because I'll start about. making up news and then you'll believe it because you have no, you're like yeah. I can't wait to hear what John Oliver thinks of that thing <laughs> that Paul talked about yesterday. Not going to be on the show. Just made it up. Damn it. Uh, I still listen to um, podcast that whose original title gave us our title. Um, yeah, that's a, keeping oh, it, keeping you know, it that's, 1600. That's a really great. Yeah, now Pod Save America. I still listen to that because yeah. that's they they manage to report on stuff in a way that doesn't make me angry. They're, they're still quite soothing, and uh, they're not quite saying everything's going to be fine, but they're much more. This is what you need to do next. Like, yeah, this is what they're saying. It's obviously bullshit, and this is what you need to do. Yeah. It feels a little bit more empowering than just watching. Um, a raw feed of Sean Spicer going, these lies, or Kellyanne Conway going, these disgusting lies. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she's something else. Yeah, man. I <laughs> she is something else. But yeah, that's, um, that's a good point. Um, people should listen to Pod Save America and yep. Pod Save the World from Crooked Media. Those are both really good shows. And they started out as a podcast called Keeping It 1600 that we are kind of... <laughs> it's a uh, tribute, an homage. Yeah, we homaged. <laughs> well, we were like, we should do a podcast. If people want to know, again, Inside Baseball, how we got our name. I couldn't remember the name of the podcast. I was like, yeah. you know, that politics one, Paul. Keeping it, keeping it 50 150. And, and then when we were like, we should do a podcast, it's like, we should call it that. Yeah. That's, so that's how we got our name. So shout out to Keeping It uh, 1600, uh, former podcast. Yeah, but, RIP. Um, in lighter news, I guess, we'll just go ahead and move on. To a word from our very loyal sponsors. Podkins, times are tough. With the economy about to collapse again and no hope in sight for anyone other than the ultra-wealthy, it's time to face the facts. You're fucked. You're probably going to starve. You're probably going to starve to death in unfashionable clothes. Fortunately, someone's got your back. That's someone, pouchclothing.com. 
What is pouchclothing.com? It's the first online clothing and meal acquisition service. Here's the deal. Each month, they send you the recipes you'll need to make a healthy, delicious meal. But from whence is your broke ass going to get the ingredients? Here's the genius part. Each clove has a built-in secret compartment, which is the exact size of a component your meal needs. Just put on the gear, shoplift the food, and you're ready to throw that dinner party. After cooking, cookie may take up to 105 minutes. The hidden pockets are lined with foil and resistant to all but the most dogged store detectives. Just this month, our members have already procured and consumed Chilean sea bass in panko with saffron, farm-raised cruelty-free chicken breast, Dr. T's down-home feel-good gumbo, requires water-resistant pockets. Prices start at just $140 a month, and with Pouch Clothing's lax attitude to checking if a credit card actually belongs to you, how can you afford to not get involved? Pouchclothing.com. Retail is dying. Help pull the plug. Now that, now that we've gotten our plugs out of the way, yeah. let's let's talk about our feature segment yeah. as extensively teased in the last episode. <laughs> we spent about half an hour talking about the crow in the last episode and then decided we should do an episode about that. Well, Not thinking, maybe this is the episode that's about that. <laughs> well, I mean, you can hear us mentally working through the process of what the podcast is during that opening segment where we're like, let's make fun of the crow. Oh, but I like the soundtrack. Maybe we should talk about the soundtrack. Cool. Now we're just going to compare The Crow to TV shows, and which is better. It got really weird. Yeah. Um, we drink. We drink during this, this podcast. This one's more <laughs> focused, though. We're going we're gonna to pick – We specifically, we dug out The Crow soundtrack. We both listened to it this yeah. week. Me, I think, I think for the first time all the way through, because I, I didn't, I didn't own it as a, okay, l- as yeah, a child. Let's get, let's get into that. Let's start with that. So, <laughs> like, the very first CD I ever got, like, literally, like, got a boombox for Christmas that had like a CD player, and they're like, "Hey, we might get you this if you're gonna have CDs. What would you get?" And I was like, "The Crow soundtrack." And so the very like, unwrapped that. I was like, "Cool. I bet that's a CD." Unwrapped that. I was like, "Skull." Fuck a Crow soundtrack. It feels like a weird choice, but uh, at the Wait, you were not goth or anything, were you? Because it's a no. super like it's a super gothy movie. Like, um, it was a- in terms of like all of the very uh, the, all of the kids that wore that wore black and, and the makeups at, at our school. Um, not that that matters, <laughs> but like because um, that wasn't really a thing growing up in the, in the UK in the, the, the mid nineteen nineties. But really, you, didn't you, you guys you invent that? Them. Yeah, in the, in the <laughs> like, early eighties. <80s. laughs> I'm not that old. I was gonna say, anyway, like, I didn't grow up around a lot of goths. I met a couple at university, and it seemed the more that their one of their entry points was was like the crow is kind of yeah. a uh, if they were turning eighteen, seventeen, eighteen about about that time, it's like oh yeah, that's that's uh, lighting up some parts of her brain, and then we make yeah. it. They were, then they were <laughs> there was there was one kid at university kind of dressed a little wasn't quite corpse paint. He was just very pale. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's yeah, he, ger- he, that's yeah. He did look like Necrobutcher, <laughs> <laughs> except he was wearing a Dead Can Dance T-shirt or some <laughs> shit. Like, right, like, um. So I, I listened to this album like a lot from whenever this came out to I don't know. Present? No, no, no. Actually, no. Like I don't know for two, two. I would say two years. Yeah. It was well, you obsess on records more when you're you're younger. Yeah. And you don't have as many records. I don't. So. I did not have as many records, and I want so. Um. So this is one of the ones that I I listen to all the time. So I'm curious. So you never listen to this? I don't think I. I mean, I I've heard most of the songs on it, but I'd never really? I'd never seen the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not most of them. Some of the songs. Like, yeah. Um. What was over without getting into the specifics of songs? First impression when you like drop the needle and listen to the whole thing. Drop the needle. Drop the needle. Put it on Spotify. <laughs> drop the needle on Spotify. Um, what was your? How did this you, is super nineties. This is the, one of the most nineties things I've ever heard. It's like Friends meets fucking Windows ninety five in a coffee shop. There's like, yeah, it, which and I I like that aesthetic because the nineties were good to me because I was young. Um, and listening, me listening to it because I like listen to it a whole lot, and then I've I haven't listened to it from oh, like yeah. got into punk rock and then like stopped <laughs> listening to it. It was crazy how like immediately I was taken back to being like, yeah, uh, records records will do that. I need to yeah, we should do a similar one um, for for something I heard when I was young. <laughs> yeah. I think the first ever CD I got was on the front of a magazine called Metal CD. <laughs> Things are a little. You know, fucking on the nose in the, in the mid-90s in the UK. What, what Metal CD. <laughs> <laughs> I got issue, I missed issue one, but I got issue two. 
and it had um, it has Stone Temple Pilots on it as as the Crow soundtrack. Yeah, because uh, you're obligated to have either institutionalized by suicide. <laughs> These are a Stone Temple Pilot song if you're making it a compilation. It had a UFO song. It, oh, it had a girl school song, <laughs> Skid Row, and oh, it had a Blind Melon, but not a hit. <laughs> You know how Blind Melon oh, are a hit factory and they have that hit? It wasn't that hit. <laughs> yeah, you mean you mean 99.9999% of the songs they ever put They out. never had an opportunity to record enough songs to produce that, that ratio. Yeah. Yeah, R.I.P. Shannon Hoon. They could have got the 95 couple albums in there, but nope. Um, once you count his background vocals on Don't Cry. The oh, is that right? Is that... <laughs> He's in the video on a roof while there's helicopters flying around. dressed as a bee. <laughs> That's just his shtick. <laughs> yeah, that was just that was just how he likes to live. He's not shaving, dressing like a bee, um, and I guess heroin. I don't know. I yeah. know a lot about his life, but okay. So it is. Yeah. So revisiting this, not only that was I transported back to the nineties. Yeah, yeah. But it is. It is definitely one of the most nineties things. I've, it is excessively nineties. Yeah, and it's not so much like, oh yeah, I remember that song always playing in back when I was growing. It's the production tricks or the guitar sound or there's something in the, on all the songs. It's there's, there's this particular kind of oh yeah that that could only be recorded well, for or in the nineteen. And I also think it's it's a weird cross section of what people in the nineties might have been listening to if right. they were like in a college. They'll be like, I like. You go in the one dorm and it's like I really like the violent films, and you yeah. go into another one, it's like, like we're I like Rollins Band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't go into that room. <laughs> <laughs> like. So it's yeah, it's 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 more alt rock than it is goth. I think that this this list of things is yeah, more like college rock or alt rock. I think. Yeah, the 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 gothiness of it is more of the subject matter of uh, most of the and songs. the cover and the cover. <laughs> The fact that it's about a crow, it's pretty gothy. Some of these, some of these bands, even though I listen to this shit over and over again, is, there's some bands on here where I'm like, I do not know anything about this band, nor do I know where they came from or right. if they put out anything else. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm assuming they did because they somehow got on this Miramax soundtrack. But so we should let's get into the actual, yeah, let's get uh, into track, the track actual by track. Thing, so because, that's uh, good. You yeah. might not have that in front of you right now. So it starts off with Burn by The Cure, which is six and a half minutes long. That is too long. That yeah. was my takeaway where I was like, I remember only kind of liking this song. It starts with the sound of just seagulls. Yeah, it takes like, a while to get... It, also, I would say this one doesn't get going. It's called The Crow, and I know they're like, slam dunk. This one starts with bird sounds. Those aren't crows. <laughs> this is 100% not a crow. I'm not asking you to go back to The Cure and have them re-record that. I'm just saying that, like, you know, those, those weren't crows. I've heard a lot of crows... Those weren't crows. If you called the record or the movie The Bird. Or The <laughs> Birds? Has The, the Bird's been done? The Birds has been <laughs> oh, done. Oh, okay, right. Birdie's been done. Bird has been... There's a lot of bird-themed movies. Bird with the crystal plumage. Birdman. They all have probably more crow sounds than what's at the beginning <laughs> of this Cure song. Um, also, the, the song is six and a half minutes. Yeah, and it's... I, I, it, I listened to it this morning in order to prep for this. I don't remember it. I, it's, I don't remember very much about it. It's not a... Like, the Cure have got some great songs. And this is really not one of them. Like it's it's one that's it it plods along, and you're like, I see what they're doing, and then it gets into this jammy section, and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool way to end the song, and then the song just sort of like starts over again, and oh. you're like, you did not need to start <laughs> that. <laughs> like, why did we reboot this? Like, why do we? It's like I need another two verses to really to keep the party going. Don't keep the party going, no, Robert. Wrap that party up. <laughs> yeah, the, the party is over. Right, cut the bird noise at the beginning. Get this. Get this down to three minutes. See what you can do. So that's not a good note to start off. That starts off. It, but it, it, <laughs> it is an honest note. It is like, yep, the records. Yeah. It's gonna go like this. It's, it is, and then uh, next song is uh, "Golgotha Tenement Blues" by Machines of Loving Grace. I rem- I forgot the song existed, and then when I heard it, I immediately was like, completely remembered it, and now I've forgotten it again. So this yeah. is like some sort of like amnesia pill <laughs> for like music heads. I like literally could not no uh, tell you anything about it right now, and I just listened to it. Same, like it's, same here. Like a fucking I, I, I don't ago. remember it being bad. Don't remember it being great. Don't remember any any hooks or melodies or particular interesting parts. But it wasn't like oh my god, I got to turn this off. It was like this this is pleasant. Yeah, and then th- it ended, and that's pretty long as well. I mean, it was four uh-huh. or five minutes. And it's like, it's a sad. It's sad that the longest songs are generally the most intolerable songs. Uh, then, uh, so track three, the big empty, or just big empty, Stone Temple Pilots. This is my fucking jam <laughs> when this came out. So this is where the record actually gets 
any good. The chorus on this song, not the beginning of the song, because it's like, oh god, would you fucking get, would you, well, would you get, get to the lab part? There's a another band late, way later on, who has the same thing where the big empty starts with like weird kind of like slide guitar, slide guitar, like jazz drumming, like it's like a very specific sound. Yeah, that like clearly people were just like fucking with in the night. Like you know, like guys who play rock music were like, we want to stretch out. Gonna kind of play jazz for a little bit, and then we're gonna play rock music. Yeah, and then we're gonna go right back to playing riffs. Um, yeah. And when the riff kicks in, it's like, oh, this this it's quite good. And Huge then you re- chorusy, and, yeah, yeah, like echoey kind of. Oh yeah, it's good. It's a good sound. Yeah, and yeah. That also, um, if you can't remember what the Stone Temple Pilots sound like, if you didn't grow up with them, like Paul did, like this. This sounds exactly like the Stones. This would be a good template song for, for you to to base all of your, all of your other Stones Pilot well, facts on. It's and it's pretty good. Okay. Um, first, legitimately, it's, it's, it's a good song. Good song. Yeah. Like okay. Track four is is a Joy Division cover, which I'm going to be honest with you. When this CD was in regular rotation. I had heard probably Level Terrace Apart, and that was the only Joy Division I heard, and I'm was i I'm sure that I thought this was a Nine Inch Nails song. Right, okay. I mean, <laughs> it's it's odd, because I, I played them both this morning to see how similar they are. Probably they're, pretty they're similar. Pretty fucking similar. You know why? Uh, you, I, I do, because you've told me, but <laughs> why, don't, <Yeah. laughs> why don't we tell the, the listening millions? They wanted to just license Joy, uh, Joy Division, uh, this Joy Division song, and uh, the dudes, the surviving members of Joy Division were like, cool, it's going to be an insane amount of money for you to license it. And so I think it was Merrimax or whoever, Dimension or whoever licensed this thing. Well, show note. I'll correct myself in the show notes. Uh, we're like, hey, Trent Reznor, how much would it be for you to do a very faithful cover of uh, Dead Souls? And it was must have been less than what it would be to license it because they just got him to do it. It's weird. Uh, listening to it, um, when you hear the drums on the Night Channel's version, you think, oh, yeah, that totally sounds like – they've specifically done that to make it sound like Joy Division because they have this very – very distinctive sound. And then yes. when you put the Joy Division version on, you're like, oh, those drums actually don't sound like that. They're <laughs> how I imagine Joy Division yeah. drums to sound. So. That's also how Trent Reznor imagined Joy Division's <laughs> yeah. like, drums and, and stuff. And he was right, because that's how I imagined this. <laughs> yeah. So. You and fucking Trent are like this. Yeah. Um, also, that's one that uh, that you're in some goth points probably with the, the Joy well, Division. If you put Joy Division on there, yeah. I, th- yeah. I don't know if they're technically like a goth band, but goth definitely... Uh, like them, and they had a dead lead singer, which is very important. So, well, and, much and, like in Nine Inch Nails, uh, much like Blind Melon, Blind Mel- they should have put Blind Melon on there. <laughs> okay, like this one hurt. So, track five is a Rage Against the Machine song called Darkness. Yeah, now I remember this song being good because I really liked the first two Rage Against the Machine albums, and at this point, I think just the first one was out. But it is good it, again, it's a little. It looks like kind of Package Rebellion or something like that. It looks a little kind of like, really, fuck you, don't tell me. But it's actually really good. They're, they're yeah. a really tight band, and they're, they're politically very, like, they, they do mean it and back it up with action and, yeah. and, are, and are good good dudes. And they can really fucking play. Tom Morello, on that first Rage Against the Machine album, not only is there some very credible shredding on it, but yeah. there's some weird noises. Oh, this, but the guitar solo on this. Oh, oh man. Oh, this, this fucking is song is what fun. I, this is what I was going to... This seems like someone doing a parody of what they think a Tom Morello solo at that I point would say. Is this Weird Al doing fucking Magic is the Machine? I'm just going to press this fucking can of beans <laughs> against, the, against the, the strings and slide it up and down. Whee! Holy shit. No, don't fucking. Oh my god. Like, what? Because he starts making the noise and you're like. Uh, this isn't as good as what his noise became later. Maybe it's because it's early. And then it gets into a section where you're just like, why did they keep this in? Like, yeah. why, why, they didn't, why did no one make him do another take? <laughs> and then he just starts kind of like noodling proficiently. Yeah, and it's you're not like, great, but it's like, oh, you can play guitar? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Pick stop, a line. Stop playing with my emotions. That alone would have sank the song. But the song itself is like, feels like something that they were rightly were like this is one of our earliest songs we do not want to put this on our first album <laughs> let's put it on an album that will probably sell more copies than our first yeah, album. actually no. i don't know how well this did yeah well, well if you've read our show notes slash my straight up commentary <laughs> about like our podcast you know that i i correct us all the time i also do all the research that we should have done before and didn't think to so retroactively, we'll figure out which sold more. Moving on. Mo- moving on. So that's fucking kind of hot garbage. So we're so far, we're we're five songs in, and there's like 
one and a half good ones. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> yeah, like to count Dead Souls as half a good song. It's yeah. all right. Okay, so then this is Violent Femmes. Again. Color d- Me Once. Doesn't get going. Can't remember it. I have nothing to say about this song. It's one where it's not the stuff that you want out of the Violent Femmes. I don't even know what the song is about. It's kind of long. It's the same shit over and over again. It's not not great. Oh, and then moving on to oh, the best sh- song on the record. No. Fuck <laughs> oh <my laughs> you. Okay. Ghost Rider, oh. a suicide cover by the Rollins Band, starring Henry Rollins. Um, but the thoughts on Rollins Band generally, though, are they, are they, are they, are they any good? Are they, no. Have they got any good songs? Liar's okay. pretty good. Okay. So you ready for a hot take? Sure, why not? Blow, <laughs> drop some truth bombs. Blow some okay. Uh, Henry Rollins was the worst singer for Black Flag. Okay. Out of the four other singers they have, he is ranked dead last. Out worst of five. songs or like just the worst singer of I think songs? the worst for that band. Okay. Like, and I'll say this as a dude who, like, Henry Rollins as a person seems cool. I like him when he's on mu- every music documentary talking about albums. He seems to be really Him and David Grohl are, uh, like, re- you're required to feature them on all music documentaries. <laughs> um, I've seen his spoken word, and he's super funny and very articulate, and I enjoy it. I enjoy his writing. When he had a TV show, he seemed like a good host. He had Dinosaur Jr. on. Like He, he really like, likes Dinosaur Jr. So, so that's, that's... That's a big point in his favor for I, me. I would... I would hang out with Henry Rollins. Like I would go out and have like some whiskey with Henry Rollins. You would not be having, You would have whiskey. You I would, would have, have fucking whiskey. protein shakes. Okay. Yeah. I would. I would spot Henry Rollins <laughs> while he's in the gym. Like I. He seems like a cool person. Yeah. I, Even when he's being a dick, I'm like, I, I, I yeah. kind of see his his point of view. But though. musically, yeah. Frequently boring. It's just frequently boring to me. And I know people like liar. People really like liar, but you know, in the '90s, I wasn't like. I want to see a grown man wearing like just shorts on a rug, yelling over some like real light duty riffs <laughs> and like wah wah guitar shredding. Like it's not, I'm not the one on the Rollins band. So already out, already out on the Rollins yeah. band as a thing, as an entity. But this is a cover. This is, this uh, is and it's a cover of oh. Suicide, who I don't know very much about. No, um, but based on this song, it sounds like the, and this is this is almost definitely wrong. I would bracket them as being like one of those kind of early punk bands. Like super early, like MC5, and um, I think they were early, but I think they're like more electronic and stuff. Yeah, I, I, yeah. But, but this this sounds like a bad sort of MC5 song. You know, in, in the way that they're they have like a two note idea or a three note idea, and then the song's eight minutes long because they jam on that boring yeah. idea for two. And it's like, come on, like kick out the jams and then end. Like, don't make it <laughs> sixteen minutes long. Ron's band was feeling this in the studio. I was not feeling it. I was not feeling it when this was a new album. I no. was like skipping the. Fuck out of these next couple of songs. It's I think it, it's is it one riff all the way through. I and think it's it, five minutes long at least. Based off of me shuffling <laughs> five seconds at a time to see if it ever changed on re-listen. No, it appears to like they just really vibe out oh. on that one riff. It is not great. I thought the song was called Burn. It's called Ghost Rider, uh, and he he screams, "Burn! Don't forget to burn." <laughs> I think you gotta burn, and then. With fire. <laughs> I'm like, yes. you left that in. Like, people can hear that. Nailed it. And it's almost six minutes long, too. It's just, like, way too long. Yeah. If it was a shorter song, it would still be bad, but it wouldn't be, like... If it was three minutes and you're like, okay, that was pretty bad. <laughs> but he was like, we got to give the Crow people enough, like, stuff to edit around. Like, they yeah. need to be able to, like, drop this in anywhere. What if there's a any- really slow car chase? <laughs> Yeah, like, you never know. So we should. Uh, we gotta stretch this out. Let's just stretch it out. Yeah. Play some so- fucking solos. Um. So Ghost Rider. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Not great. Um. The next. Next is uh the helmet. Yeah. Milk toast. Milk toast. Pretty good. It's pretty good. My one dig on this is structurally, it's almost exactly the same. Not like riff wise, but I'm just saying the way the songs put together as unsung which is like a much better song <laughs> yeah unsung is better song. right because it's like you know verse chorus verse chorus and then it has like a kind of a cool like jammy in part like it has like right. and that's like significant like a significant amount of the song is like now we're just gonna like work out some instrumentation i, I could have done without that part to be honest the, the riff at the beginning is is unmemorable but good like while you're listening to it, it's like yeah this page hamilton guy can really fucking play guitar and he really cares about yeah. making heavy noises which so yeah, that that that's a big plus. I like that. But yeah, pretty good. 
like again. So I that one I I would put and that's that. That's my favorite one so far because you like the stem pump. So yeah, one hundred percent. It's it is it is hard to beat Stone Temple Pilots for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's probably Stone Temple Pilots, Milk Toast, Dead Souls. Yeah. And then it's like a fucking four way tie for last. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of a lot of bad songs. Yeah. Um, um speaking, okay, of, speaking of bad songs. I I think we're gonna disagree on this. This next one is, is uh, a poison idea cover, The Badge by Pantera, uh, which is a, they put out as a B side eventually. Um I I like this. <laughs> and this is good. And I, I compared it to the original. The original's better. But yeah. This is still Yeah, they're not Slayer where Slayer like covers punk rock stuff. No, and, the Slayer songs are, the, are always better. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what I was gonna like, say. It's like it's always like you're like, oh man, this TSOL band's really good, and you listen to those, like, those this and you're like, would be shit right here. It's like, fuck? oh, this sucks. Like, yeah, it's like, oh man, I really wish this. I'm gonna go back and listen to fucking Slayer play punk actually. So, the badge, you like the badge. Yeah. I'm lukewarm on the badge. It's, um, it's got the solo's good, and the, but listening back to the Poison Idea version, the solo's kind of the same. I thought Dan Vigdaro would be much more like showing off, and it's like pretty much. It's oh, pretty really? Faithful. Huh, it's cool. a little flashier, but it's. But it's not it in overly, the ballpark. Yeah, and, okay. Oh, and they both have the um, not is it Taxi Driver sample? Yeah, it's like yeah. Ta- oh, really? I thought it was Bad Lieutenant, but it's Taxi Driver. It, <laughs> so. it is. It's double Taxi Driver because it starts off yeah. with Harvey Keitel's character uh, getting shot, and then at the end of it, it's got one of the gangster yeah. dudes being like, "I'll kill, I'll kill you. you! I'll fucking kill you!" Yeah, like for like a while, forty-five <laughs> seconds. Like they they really let the the VCR run on that one. Um, yeah. Well, it's, a, the, it's a it's the fastest song on the record, probably. Um, it's a, it's um well, we'll get to the probably the fastest song on the album in a minute, but it's it's up there. It's probably the second fastest song technically by tempo. Yeah, and it's definitely the screamiest and the heaviest. And yeah. so it's like it really does kind of stick out where you're like you've listened to this other stuff and you know it's other stuff's light duty to like marginally rocking. Yeah, and then you have like. On some of this being like, you know, like, um, but again, that's the scope, the breath and scope of the Crow soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like really, they want to be like an underpowered iPod for 1992 <laughs> or whenever this came out. I should really know when the Crow came out. Yeah, for this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> should have looked that up. Had one job. Didn't look at it. No, my one job was coming here and drinking whiskey. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the badge. The next. Okay, so this is one of the bands I was alluding to. In in the intro, for love not Lisa, I have no idea who this band is. I've literally never heard of them before. I mean, we could have done a little bit of research. No, I don't want to do any research. It's more fun not to. I wonder if they formed just for this, make this one song for the Crow soundtrack. No, this this is probably the high watermark for like like eighty seven in LA and been like thrashing around the clubs forever trying to get. Or or yeah, or just like this is like one of the bands who sent like fucking Harvey Weinstein like or the A and R guy sent it's like we got this hot like up and coming band and like why why are you selling it to this fucking filmmaker? (laughs) Why something a film producer? Well, because to get on this, you get on the Crow soundtrack, like work for them, and then and then (laughs) there they are, yeah, for that Lisa. So slip slide melting. It's a pretty fucking good song. I liked it. Like the chorus where he gets the the actual slip slide melting part. It's good. I like that. Um, it it's a good pop song. I don't like this. Is not a song I remember being memorable like when I listened to it originally. But this, looking back, it's like, oh, this is one of the better songs on this like uh, soundtrack. Yes, I, I would agree. That's it's, and from that's, a band it's more that again, fun to listen to than most of the other songs. It's uh, better than Ghost Rider. You know? uh, like uh, that's a that's <laughs> a very low bar. That can't be the Mendoza line for this fucking because that's like uh, well, uh, uh, out of the fourteen songs. 12 of them are better, like, are easier <laughs> listens than fucking Ghost Riders. So then we have After the Flesh by My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult. Okay, this is the mer- first My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult. So who are they? they found, I feel like I should know who that band is. They're, uh, they're like a fairly well known sort of industrial, um, gothic y kind of electronic band right. for the most part and you listen to this and it's real like ministry-esque and stuff I thought it was like shit white zombie it was like, it was like a uh, weak white zombie uh, song it, I re- uh, and this includes terrible white zombie songs like, yeah I like that's funny okay so we're gonna we have a difference of opinion on this okay when when I was first listening to this in the 90s this was 
probably my second or first favorite song wow. on the album. Like, I really like this song. Listening what back did you, to what it, what did you like about it? Was it the electronicness? I liked the, 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 I liked the sample. Crossover I liked the samples. I liked it. Sounded crazy. It's like it's deceptively fast. When you said that the the badge was like the fastest song on the album, I think tempo wise. This is song, this like, okay. if, yeah, if the if it was real drums instead of a drum machine and wasn't mixed the way it is, right. you would be like, oh, this is actually like a pretty fucking fast song, like, because it's just like a double, it's like a punk beat the whole okay. time. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like the 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 after the flesh part would stick in my head. Um, listening to it now, I wish it sounded heavier. Like the production's like very wimpy on it. Yeah. And, like, but at the, in the nineties, I was super into it, and it's still for me, I still I still like it. Um. You're like less. You're shit no, white zombie. <laughs> I mean, that's being a bit harsh. But, yeah, I think, but I didn't. I didn't particularly like it, so I'm happy to be harsh. Um, I still like the song, so that's good. We should disagree more. I like. <laughs> I like that. Um, uh, Snake Driver by the Jesus, Jesus and Mary Chain. Jesus Mary Chain, another band that again, uh, goths seem to like this band. I think it's because they're yeah. from Scotland, and Scotland's very cold and drab and dull. And goths like that, so I'm not sure Jesus and Mary Chain are actually that much of a goth band. They just dress no, in but like they, leather and sunglasses indoors and stuff like that. Yeah, because listening to it, I almost it seemed almost <laughs> almost kind of shoegazy. It I don't know. The song was really boring to me. Yeah, I I find it sort of um, Jesus and Mary Chain by numbers as well because I, I I got like one of the the best of or a, a representative or, album or, or something. I don't know. Psycho Candy kind of or whatever. The like well, they're, they're not really my band to be honest. Um, yeah. and this sounded like um. Another one of those songs. And if you told me, yeah, you've heard this, Snake Driver is on a bunch of Jesus and Mary Chain records that you've listened to, I'd be like, sounds likely yeah, so they, yeah. <laughs> they don't write a lot of memorable hits. Well, well, it's just kind of samey. It's like, that's the ever. it's like fine. And then it's kind of the same thing over and over again yeah. in a way where I get bored easily. And it's like, man, write, a, write some more parts. Like, yeah. just yeah. like, it's like production wise, it's good. It's good yes and it did, it did sound shoegazy which i i kind of like that yeah but. if it just was more it's not very memorable no. um so man going fruities catching a lot of l's i yeah. was talking a lot of greasy shit about the soundtrack and you know it's i it still holds up <laughs> <laughs> it's like terrible music um 13 track 13 Time is it Time Baby Three? I believe so. Time Baby Three by Medicine. Okay, so this song was another one that, as a kid, I loved this song. Oh yeah, I really liked it. It gets it would get stuck in my head all the time, and yes. I like really connected with it. This feels like a really good closer to the record. Actually, the way yeah. it, the way it finishes, I think that it feels like this should be the last track. Also, in the movie, you don't remember it because you don't. Oh, I don't really remember. <laughs> I remember I remember going to see the movie like much like yourself. I remember coming out of the movie. Um, I also remember it was an 18 certificate in the UK. I don't know what what that means over here because you don't literally Rated do the R. same thing. Um, it means you literally had to be 18 years old to go see it. And I think okay, I was, NC 17. Uh, yeah, so I think I was 16. I think my friends were, was friends were 16. We're like, my one of our friends didn't want to see it. And was like, I hope we don't fucking get in. I hope they check our IDs and say you can't see this terrible movie. But they didn't, and we went in and saw it, and he was disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounded like that. We was, we primed the pump for yeah. not being into that movie, but being like. I really hope we don't get in, and we'll, he got we'll in. We'll have to go watch Adam's Family Values. <laughs> um, medicine is in the movie. There's a scene where, like, thugs are walking through their, like, bondage gothic club. This is all from memory. I haven't watched this movie in, like, years. <laughs> but so there's, like, the club all, like, you know, the freaks and punks <laughs> and all these dudes. Oh, and it's, like, in medicine. I miss people's views of what alternative culture was in mainstream culture it's always hilarious yeah and the the if my memory of the bar is like i'm gonna have to look this up on youtube later and show it but my memory is there's a lot of like just like chain link fences put <laughs> around and shit and it's like real shitty and medicine's on stage and like i think like the leads oh this singer, they were in the movie yeah like in playing the movie, in the movie in the movie like so the people are walking through and there's like a big cr- there's like a crowd dancing there's a band on stage and it's and it's medicine and they like so show some thoughts and they're like they're all in makeup and like i think the lead like singer is in like some weird like bondage corset type situation but it's still just this it's, song it's like, like kind of tumty tum closer kind of yeah it is a hundred percent and everyone's like losing their minds like that club would not like you should have got my life with the thrill kill cult for the club that they had like cobbled together yeah. that looks like the fucking like wish video or something <laughs> like this it's like i know this is like medicine must have just been available or like the best looking band out of the bunch <laughs> all right so this is it
Number 14. Yeah, final, final one. It Can't Rain All the Time by Jane, is it Seabury? Cyberry? I'm going to go Seabury. Cyberry. Cyberry. Let's go Cyberry. <laughs> Don't tweet at us. You know what? I'm not even going to look up how to properly pronounce her name. I'm not going to show at it. Don't tweet no. at us. I don't even care. Come at us, Jane Cyborg. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Jay Snosberry. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this song. Tell me what you think about this song. Okay. To be honest, I, it came on. I was like, this isn't good. And it got to the chorus, the um, It Can't Rain All the Time, which is seven octaves higher than I just said it. It was very, very high. Um, but I let it play out. And by the end, I'm like, I kind of like this. <laughs> like, I, I kind of liked it by the end of this it. This is another song that I skipped the shit out of <laughs> in the 90s. And it was it was torture trying to get through <laughs> the song. It was literally torture. Now, It Can't Rain All the Time is a mythical song that the guy, like, in the movie. The Crow guy's a musician, and I think at one point he's on a rooftop playing guitar by himself in the rain. He's wearing a long leather jacket while Oh, he's, uh, he's dustering the shit out of this whole situation. This, that should have just been called Duster the movie. Like, there's so many dusters in there. So there we yeah, go. That's, that's okay, so that's that's it. That's 14 songs. That's like a little over an hour. Yeah, it felt like a bit longer than that. <laughs> it really didn't fly yeah, by. Just... So best song out of that for you? Um, I do like The Badge a lot. The Badge uh, is probably the best for you? The Badge or Milk Toast. Uh, probably The Badge, yeah. The Badge. I'm going to go with Big Empty. Yeah, but I still think after the flash holds up, I just wish the production was better. But yeah. I'm gonna go big empty. Worst what song. What the worst song? <laughs> it, it's Ghost Rider. Like it, it, it is Ghost Rider. Like uh, it, all of the others are like have some, um, yeah, some redeeming features. Like the, the pretentiousness of the new song at the end. I'll that be fine. one, and she has a ridiculous high voice, which is funny. When that, that, but it's quite a nice tune. Yeah, I don't think Kmart, Kate Bush is getting it done, and. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to say it's a can't rain all the time, like legitimately. But God, Ghost but Rider. When, when Ghost Rider rolls down to minute six and you're like, are you still doing this? Like, yeah, so overall, overall, this isn't a good record. Yeah, I mean, I may have overstated how well it holds up. <laughs> Look, you're That's not good, gonna, we're learning. It's you're fun. not going to get an apology out of me. Oh, no, but. no. <laughs> But I don't think you should apologize. It, I'm not it was gonna, a fun way to spend a couple of hours. I'm not going to apologize. I will say this. I managed to be okay with just like burning through this. And it I, I it just felt like the 90s to me. Yeah. In a yeah. way. Like I wouldn't do it all the time. In 10 years, I may check back in with like the fucking Crow soundtrack. <laughs> That's a good uh, periodicity to check in with the Crow soundtrack yeah, every, I feel every like decade. I'm going to treat it like I treat Monte Cristo sandwiches, which is like that is a decadal kind of food, right? Is every decade you're like, let me see what the Monte Cristo has to offer. Like, yep, still going to kill me. And then you just like fucking back up off of it. And every 10 years go by, you're like, let me get that Monte Cristo. Exactly, yeah. So if you made it all the way through this, uh, let us know what you think of the Crow soundtrack, what you think are the best and worst songs, and nominate another needle drop soundtrack. Do not nominate a score soundtrack because we do not want to – like be like I think I like the second movement. Yeah, with, I think with the trumpet. I think John Williams really <laughs> nailed that overture. Like we're not gonna go through and be like the fucking car chase music was really good. But <laughs> if there's a needle drop soundtrack that you guys want us to do, let us know. We'll do a fucking track. We've shown that we're willing to waste fucking half oh, an hour going track. By I got track. nothing else to do. So. Yeah. Um. So let us know. Um. That and while you guys are compiling your notes on that. We will read another ad from one of our gracious sponsors. Love is in the air as old St. Valentine's Day and his day of love roll around once again. But how are you going to show that special person in your life that you care about them? Yeah, you could send them flowers or chocolates, but you know what would really make a statement? A ring that hasn't been cursed by a wizard. There's lots of different rings out there. You have your slim bands, your double helixes, your over and unders, but can you really be sure these objects don't contain a dangerous hex from an evil sorcerer? That kind of doubt can ruin what otherwise would be a lovely gift. If only there were a solution. Well, thanks to communionrings.com, there is. All their owners ship with peace of mind guaranteed. These rings have absolutely not been cursed by a wizard. They offer a wide range of rings featuring your choice of recycled precious metals, conflict-free diamonds, and all with completely without paranormal condemnation. 
These rings are so curse-free, it's kind of weird that you keep going on about it. Whether it's an engagement, a wedding, or simply trying to exert psychic control over the seventh son of the seventh son, you'll be safely covered by communionrings.com, and certainly not compelled to follow the orders from an evil coven of powerful necromancers. Use the code KEEPINGIT5150 with Stephen and Paul dash a podcast that's basically about Megadeth for 20% off. Communionrings.com. Magic probably isn't even real, yeah? So we're back. Are we back? Uh, we're, we're totally back now. Are we we're back right now? We've okay. returned from the ads and we're back into the podcast. We've got the, yeah. the last part to do. This is it. The the recommendations based on the things that have happened to us this, this week. Yeah, uh, so if you're out there listening to us, I want you guys to, to know. Do you, yeah, because I'm assuming people listen to this podcast. Holler at us about the, the recommendations too. Let us know like if you actually listen to the shit that we're recommending. Because we could put something else here. Or if you want to like just hit us up with the hashtag, stop with the recommendations already. We'll come up with a different idea. Like it's exhausting trying to like stuff, as you can yeah. see. Because most of our podcast is about hating on stuff. Like we're just, it like, is fucking haters. <laughs> you know what we're recommending? Not listening to the fucking cross soundtracks. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. you let us know. You let us know what we're into, but. Because we haven't launched any of these yet, and we don't know, we're going to like give you some recommendations. This week, we're going to switch it up a little bit, just a tiny bit. Yeah. We're not going to like talk about albums. We're not going to talk about what's some of the other shit we've recommended. You recommended a TV, TV yeah. show. You just I recommend wild... very ma- mainstream television. <laughs> yeah. A show you guys ever- Game of Thrones? Won- it's really good. <laughs> yeah, you like wild-carded it up with a very safe recommendation on a TV show. Yep. Um, <laughs> but we're going to go with, the, with, the, with YouTube and internet type shit this week yeah this is switch it up so i'm recommending the crow soundtrack no i'm just kidding um, <laughs> don't listen to it on spotify because these bands should not get paid for these <laughs> crimes that they've committed um i'm gonna recommend this is for people who play guitar or are interested in british people playing guitar only but i'm gonna uh recommend uh that pedal show oh which yeah. is a, a a series of kind of just informative videos about guitar effects pedals and they'll like look at a thing like chorus does it suck and then they'll like have a shit ton of choruses on a board and show you how you could use them or like what pedal order should i use or how do i stack gains are those and- the guys that did the um expensive sg sorry expensive les paul versus the cheap les paul or is the, are those different guys unclear okay. i think i think those are different guys there is the <laughs> anderton's music guys who are not as listenable that, as- uh, yeah i was gonna say because they're fine. They're not super irritating, but they're heading towards irritation. For yeah, me. Uh, these so guys. I'm these glad it's not the same guys. These guys are different guys. These guys are very listenable. I the one thing that I've noticed is there's been um, they did a show on everyone asked them to do like a metal zone video, and neither of those guys play metal at all. Oh, and right. so one of the guys was gamely trying to play metal stuff, but the other dude was like who's more of a blues bass player was just kind of like taking the piss out of it and you could tell and it was like that was kind of like that was a little tough pill I mean, for me to swallow but then they had a dude who legitimately can play metal on a follow-up video to be like we got a guy who actually plays metal to like go through high game pedals oh, and good, metals yeah. but they do a lot of like pretty good informative videos one of the guys from there also uh makes pedal boards for a living so he has a lot of interesting like setting up radiohead's pedal boards and stuff like that videos which i i, I like gear videos i'm a fucking giant nerd for gear stuff but so if you play guitar or if you're interested in spending a lot of money on guitar effects great videos to watch similarly uh this is also a uh, playing guitar thing i've been getting um just more into just uh, sitting down with youtube videos and playing guitar this week and uh, uh there are so many tutorials on how to play iron maiden riffs uh, so i've been cranking through a few of those it's it's so fucking satisfying to go through stuff that when i was a kid trying to learn um learn guitar and, be, and loving i made so much and not being able to get any of it working i know some some bands are like you kind of easy are easier to figure out than others and for some reason i made were just completely beyond me i couldn't figure out i could barely figure out a single riff and now it's like there's some guy will patiently explain Go, it goes here, and the solo goes like this, and this is the first phrase. I'm going to play it again really slowly. I'm going to play it again really slowly. Put your fingers here, here, and here. It's like, oh, right, I'm getting it. It's not. It's still hard, but it's not impossible like it is if you just sit down with Power Slave and a fucking cheap yeah. fucking t- t- Stratocaster plugged into a PV Rage 108 amp. I, don't do, Well, I mean, do do that if it's the 90s, but 
you know now your options are so much richer now and it's yeah, that's a joy so I'll, I'll put that in the uh, I'll put a link to several of them in the uh, in the show notes okay any particular track that you're excited to play um i'm really liking the riff to 2 minutes to midnight it's, it's a belter <laughs> wait how long is that song uh it's the Four minutes, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. So it goes to it goes 1202. To That's weird. You'd think they would be like four minutes to midnight, yeah. and that way, <laughs> when the song's over, it would be precisely midnight, and it would be like, it would be a good... Like fireworks go off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be a good, good, nice, you know, surprise for the fans. I think this is before they were really into the concept albums. <laughs> so the concept album was just thinking it ahead. Was, uh, they were really into concepts. <laughs> They were all come on. They were always in the concept. Like, like, like uh, bring the concept of battles. <laughs> bring your daughter to the slaughter. That's, oh, that's way later. Yeah. Yeah. That was so. 1990. <laughs> that's a, but it's high concept. <laughs> the There's concept a slaughter, there, and you need to bring your daughter to it. The concept there, and I'm, I don't. I mean, I know a lot about Iron Maid, but I don't know the writing process that Bruce Dickinson used for that. But I think what he did, and I'm not. I'm just guessing here, and I might be talking out of school. And I could be wrong, Paul. And correct if you know. And correct me if I am wrong. I think he looked at the word daughter, and looked at the word slaughter, and and f- discovered independently that they rhyme, and thought, there's <laughs> there's art to be made here. Guys, he called everyone up. <laughs> Check he got it out. everyone Check on the conference out, call line and was like, guys. Guys, I just discovered what rhymes with slaughter. <laughs> Daughter, boom! I'll be back in two months. Whenever in a song. Um, I don't, I, I don't know what that song's about. <laughs> I can guess based off the title. <laughs> it's their dumbest song. Like, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> no, it's d- way dumber than Charlotte the Harlot. <laughs> it's way dumber than Twenty Two Acacia Avenue. Peace. <laughs>